We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. The Oxford Exxon Podcast. This OEP Extra features Mark Passwaters, who covers Texas A&M. For Rivals.com, Mark joins to talk about the Aggies, Bobby Petrino, Jimbo Fisher the state of the program, and so much more as Texas A&M made its appearance on Monday at SEC Media Days in Nashville. My coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by Hillco Insurance. Do you hate losing games? Do you hate losing players? Do you hate paying for your insurance? If you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help. Davey is partnered with the Grove Collective and will be donating 20% of all commissions and 10% of all renewals on both personal and commercial insurance policies. Davey and Hillco Insurance are sponsoring RebelGrove.com's and MPW Digital's coverage of SEC Media Days from the Grand Hyatt Regency in downtown Nashville. Davey can serve his customers in all 50 states, and he's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss Athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. So contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or via email at dferris, that's D-F-A-R-R-I-S, at hillcoinsurance.com. Here's Mark Passwaters of Rivals.com. Mark Passwaters covers Texas A&M for Rivals.com. Mark, uh, good to be with you. Thanks for taking some time. Always, him. You know that. Let's talk about A&M. So I get yelled at every year because I sort of look at the A&M roster and all the talent, and I say this is the year they're going to put it together, and then – a year like last year happens and everybody goes, you just keep drinking the Kool-Aid. You keep doing this year after year. And I'm kind of on the precipice of doing it again this year. I think the only difference, Mark, is that LSU's Kool-Aid looks more attractive to me and tastes better for some reason. But I still look at that A&M roster and all of the talent. I like Connor Weigman, the quarterback. I know Jimbo's hired Bobby Petrino, and I think, well, maybe they're going to make it work out, and I'm kind of buying A&M stock. Am I right, or am I making yet another mistake? Well, I'm afraid that I drank the Kool-Aid, too, uh, because I do think they're going to be an improved football team. Uh, You know, last year was a disaster on so many levels. You had a bunch of injuries. You had a a bunch of players who just did not 
uh, really mesh with the team concept. Uh, you know, if you want to call them bad acts, you can call them bad acts. I mean, you know, we've already seen one of them transfer from AM to Ole Miss and then Ole Miss to Oblivion. You know, and you have six or seven or eight of those guys in your locker room, and, you know, it, it causes problems. But I think the coaching staff didn't react well to it. Uh, the offensive scheme was antiquated, to put it mildly. Uh, and then you just had a bunch of freshmen that, you know, a bunch of true freshmen that, that were, albeit talented, but they're still true freshmen in the SEC, and that's going to be tough to do, uh, you know, in terms of winning. But those guys now have a year of experience under their belts. I think they've got their quarterback. I think the scheme's going to change. Um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the, the prospects for A&M this year, I think, are better and more reasonably so than they were last year. All right, let's get to the big topic that everyone's going to talk about. Jimbo got asked about it multiple times in his big main media gathering today, and that's Bobby Petrino. It's the offense. You just referred to it as antiquated. I think that's more than fair. Bobby Petrino is a guy I covered at Auburn a long time ago. I've kept up with him. He was a very successful head coach at Arkansas before everything fell apart there. Uh, People saw what he did offensively, even at Missouri State last year. Schematically, they're brilliant. They do a lot of creative things. He's also a very strong-minded alpha male. Mm -hmm. Jimbo is too. Yeah. Um, When the proverbial bullets start to fly, do you think that's going to work, or does Jimbo have no choice but to make it work? I think he has to make it work, but I think he wants to make it work. And those are kind of two different things. Uh, You know, watching him in the spring, that was – one thing that everybody wanted to do is watch how he handled the offense. Because you know, as well as anybody, Jimbo has a tendency and a reputation for being very hands-on. You know, very you know involved in the minutia, calling plays and practices and all that stuff. He didn't do that this spring. It was very, very different. I mean, Petrino was running the show. There wasn't any doubt about it. Uh, you know, Jimbo was kind of off in the corner talking to somebody else, almost kind of like detached, which was shocking. Now, for him to sit in there and say, hopefully, Petrino will call the plays, that's going to just open that, that whole can of worms all over again. You know, the, the question is, you know, was that a, a, you know, a Freudian slip? Was that just a mistake in words? Or, you know, even is he being too clever by half and trying to get people to think that there's you know, some kind of controversy there. You know, that, that's the question that everybody wants to, to know the answer to. And honestly, I think that judging how things went in the spring, he's going to let Petrino run the show. And I think that's good because, like you said, he's had great success everywhere he's been, you know, be it Western Kentucky, Missouri State, Arkansas, Louisville. But the thing that I like and was kind of interesting not to hear it mentioned in there was his adaptability to his personnel. You take a look at it, and what did he have at Arkansas? Four wides, just everybody go deep, let Mallet chuck it. And then you get to Louisville, and what's he doing? He's got Lamar Jackson. It's quarterback read all the way. You know, we're going to run the football. We'll throw it if we need to. You know, we're going to RPO you to death. But there is so much adaptability there, and that's one thing that Jimbo didn't show. I mean, it didn't matter if it was Haynes King who could run or Max Johnson, who can, you know, just sit in the pocket and throw, or Connor Wiegman, who's a little, you know, a lot of both. Play calls didn't change. And I think that Petrino's adaptability 
you know, if Jimbo lets him do his thing, will help this offense get out of the doldrums. Because you take a look at the quality of the personnel. There's no reason he should be in the bottom half of the, the conference. Yeah, it's such a talented roster. And then you look at the results last year, and, and you, you couldn't reach any conclusion other than something has to change, and maybe this is that change. Along those lines, I really liked Connor Wiegman. Is it Wiegman? Yeah. Am I saying that right? I really liked Connor Wiegman, what I saw of him last year against Ole Miss, against LSU. Kind of looked the part in those games. What do you expect from him with the full season of him? Uh, you know, that's, that's the great question. You know, he showed he can run. He showed he can throw. He can throw it deep. He's got touch. The question is, can he put it all together in a single game? You know, you saw him look really good against LSU. He looked really good against Ole Miss. Struggled against UMass. Struggled against Auburn. You know, some of that has to do with the fact he played one game in a, a gully washer. And then Auburn was just, I mean, that looked like all was missing was a swarm of locusts. It just, yeah, it looked like something out of Exodus. Uh, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, so... The, the question is, can he take that next step and go from a guy who looks like a really talented freshman to I am an elite SEC quarterback? The tool set's there. You know, if Petrino adapts to that tool set, then he's got a bunch of good wide receivers. He's got a couple of really good tight ends. The running backs, I think, are, are overlooked. Uh, you know, the things are there. If he just kind of makes that progression that a lot of players do from year one to year two, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, DJ Durkin in year two at Texas A&M, we saw what he did in year two at Ole Miss when he really sort of made some adjustments, and that went from being a pretty bad defense to a pretty serviceable, maybe even borderline good defense by the end of that Sugar Bowl season. What do you expect from him and the Aggies in in, uh, in the fall? Well, I can tell you one thing that the fans don't want to see, and that's a three-man front. They'll absolutely lose their mind if they go with a 3-3-5. There's just too much talent on that defensive front line for them to, to go with a 3-3-5. Um, you know, this is another one of those things where the talent is there. It's just that development going from year one to year two because you look at it, the, the starters that they're projected to have, Fadil Diggs and McKinley Jackson are seniors. But then you've got Shamar Stewart and Walter Nolan who were true freshmen last year. Uh, you've got a lot of former, you know, that 2022 class that are in your two, you know, and if those guys progress, and we saw a lot of that, you know, look like from last fall to this spring, that progression was taking place, then that defensive line should be nasty. You know, they're going to, they'll be better against the run. They've still got to figure out a way to get to the passer. That's my, the one thing that I really want to see is can a, a guy like an LT Overton or a Shamar Stewart or a Shamar Turner even, you know, can these guys get in there and apply consistent pressure without blitzing? They do that, you know as well as anybody, that Durkin can get real creative behind that with his linebackers. You know, I think Damani Richardson's a safety that he can bring down in the box. You know, there's a lot of things that he can do, but you've got to win up front. And, you know, if they can do that, then they'll be in a lot better shape. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, speaking of defensive linemen, the, the Terry Price passed away recently, a guy that I covered at both Ole Miss and Auburn. Just an absolute gem of a guy, very funny guy, big into cooking, loved to talk about cooking more than he liked to talk about football, frankly. That was his thing. Um, just can you put into words I mean, how big of a loss that is, not only for a football program, but just just for a, a, a university family to lose a guy like Terry Price who played at Texas A&M and loved that place as much as he did? 
the word of Terry Price's death literally took my breath away. I mean, that is things you hear people say, and I always thought it was hyperbole. You know, you know, somebody's trying to be dramatic. That lit- that was the first time in my life that I've ever really had my breath taken away, because, like you said, he was a, he wasn't just a good man; he was a great man, and he was kind. You know, he cared about people. And one thing that always got me was, uh, you know, during practice, reporters and team do not mix. Every practice, without fail, he'd run across the field. You know, we'd be in the middle between the two practices. When they ran from one practice field to the other, he'd come by, give the fist bump. How you doing, baby? How's that family? How's the little girl? Every time. And to not have that this fall, I mean... When fall practice starts in a couple of weeks and that doesn't happen, that's going to hurt. And, you know, and that's one story of thousands. Yeah. You know, he took young men who had rough backgrounds, didn't have a dad. You know, sometimes mom was, was questionable. You know, he raised, basically raised them to be men. Not just good NFL football players, but men. And... He loved his family. He loved A&M. Uh, you know, he, he loved what he got to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And to sit there and see a guy that was 55 years old just gone, it, you know, it, it's hard to fathom. But the only good thing you can say about it is, boy, those were 55 really well-lived years. He did a great job. There's really no way to uh, segue from that to something else. But back to football, the last few minutes here. Uh, no schedule in the SEC is friendly. A&M's is certainly not. How important is it given what a bad start, what a mediocre start would mean in terms of headlines and pressure? And Jimbo was asked about it today, but reality is there is a lot of pressure on him this year to win a lot of games, to get out of the, the 
kind of the malaise they've been in the last couple of seasons, how critical is an early start and how much heat would be on him if some losses came early? Well, you know, you look at last year and there was so much optimism going in and then they just absolutely bombed week two against Appalachian State. Week two this year is at Miami. A&M on paper is superior to the Hurricanes in, in all categories. But Miami's on the, on the, the come up. They're, they're, they're not as bad as they were several years ago. But that is a game that can be a real, I don't want to say an acid test because you know the teams develop over a, in the course of a season. But you got to know where you are early, what has to change, what you have to develop. If they, have, if they struggle in that game or they lose it, yeah, the heat's, they're, they're, they're going to ratchet up the heat in a big way. What's your thought on A&M? Your, give, me your, give me your, I always do this, but I did it with Ole Miss recently in my 10 weekend thoughts. Give me best case, worst case, and then what you sort of expect. Uh, best case, they win the national championship. Worst case, five and seven again, and he gets fired. What do I think happened? Uh, you know, like you said, there's so much talent on that roster. You know, if they can protect Connor Weekman and that defensive line stops the run, and everybody is very excited about both of those lines. Then this is a nine and three football team, maybe better. I mean, you got to go to Tennessee. That's no cakewalk. You play, you close at Baton Rouge. Uh, also, not a cakewalk. You come to you come to Oxford. You know, and that's been hit or miss. You go to Miami. You know, the and you go to Tennessee. You know, so there are some games in there that you know are no better than cornflakes, and they've got to find a way to do what they did in 2020 where they were the more mature and more physical team. they got to go out there and grind these things out and, and take them. And last year they just they did not have that ability. I don't think they had that mindset and certainly didn't have the confidence to do it. Last thing you mentioned Ole Miss, you mentioned LSU. Give me your lay of the land of the SEC West as we have the last year of the SEC West before Texas and Oklahoma join for this 16-team divisionless monstrosity. Oh, you had to mention those guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it's really interesting because, I, and hopefully you'll agree with this, I don't think that there's been a year since I started co- since A&M joined the SEC where there have been as many question marks in the West. Right. You know, can A&M's players develop? Is LSU really all that? You know, and, and can they really get that offense moving? Uh, who's the quarterback at Alabama? I mean, whoever it is is going to have tremendous skilled players around him, but nobody really seems to be lighting the world on fire. Uh, You know, what can Hugh Freeze do at the drop of a hat at at Auburn? I mean, he's got a lot that has to be done there. You know, Ole Miss, you know, what's what's the defense going to look like? You know, how's the offensive line? Mississippi State, how do you adapt that team from Mike Leach? Yeah, everybody has these questions kind of looming over them. You can't, you know, anybody who sits there with confidence and says, that's the team that's winning the West, I think they're insane. Yeah, you know, I agree with all of that because I, I look at it and I look at, uh, I look at Alabama and I wonder, are, are, we, are, are we doing this way too soon? Are we, are we trying to bury them because they've been so dominant for so long? I wonder if we're overhyping LSU a little bit because of what they have coming back. They are a very talented roster. Yeah. You talked, we talked about A&M a lot. 
you know, I saw Greg, <clears throat> Greg McElroy talking about Ole Miss is the most dangerous team in the West. And as a guy that, you know how it is, when you yeah. cover a beat, you see the wards. Right. And I go, really? 14 guys on defense out of the portal? And they're going to be the – but, you know, Greg knows a lot of football. Uh-huh. And then no one talks about Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson, yeah. Rocket Sanders back for yet another season. And I'm with you on Mississippi State. And, and look, I, I covered Hugh Freeze for six yeah. seasons at Auburn. And, Early in his tenure at Ole Miss, those guys played above their heads, and yeah. I won't be surprised if Auburn does the same thing. So, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't really, as we stand here right now, know who I'm picking to win the West, and I don't necessarily even know who I'm picking to finish last. And yeah. in in between, there's still a lot of different scenarios that could play out. Yeah, I th- I totally agree with that. I mean, there is not a, you know, depending on what happens with Auburn and if Freeze can get it going quickly. There's not a bad team in the in the in the division. Uh, you know, the question is, is there a really good team in the division? I mean, I sat there last year and said I'm not sold on LSU. I said it all the way through that A&M beats them and that Georgia smoked them. So, you know, for once I'll actually look pressing. Um, but you know, Alabama has more holes than I think we've we've seen. Uh, Arkansas lost a lot of guys from last year. They weren't that good last year. Um, you know, they do have KJ and they got Rocket Sanders, and that automatically makes them dangerous. Um, but, you know, everybody seems to have that, you know, but what about situation going? And that's the thing. A&M's but what about is either a coach or a coordinator or maturity. You know, nobody's going to sit there and say they don't have the personnel at XYZ because they do. It's whether or not that personnel gets developed and they believe in the program and what's being put before them. If all those things happen, then A&M's got a good shot, you know, as good a shot as anybody. Mark, as always, thanks for the time. Enjoy your time here in Nashville. Of course, buddy.